listener production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 5th of March. Julie Bishop, the former most senior female within the federal Liberal Party, has broken her silence over the current rape allegations rocking Canberra. The former federal foreign minister who resigned in 2018 says Canberra has a serious problem with workplace culture. She says alleged crimes like the alleged sexual assault of Brittany Higgins in a senior minister's office at Parliament House must be reported to the correct authorities. Here is Julie Bishop in exclusive audio for your morning agenda. Quite clearly, the message has to be, has to be reinforced that if you are a victim of a sexual assault, um, a rape, a crime in the workplace, you must report it to the police. And the employer has a duty, in my mind, if they are told that this occurred or I allege that this occurred and you've been told and you're seized with that information, you have a duty not only to the victim but also to the others in the workplace to report it to the police. Now, if that person, if the victim does not want to press charges or for some reason wants their privacy protected, that's a matter between them and the police or their lawyers and the police. But the employer, in this case, ministers, parliament, house, must report it to the police. And I would hope that we see a change in that people understand you don't cover up significant criminal offences, you don't cover up illegal behaviour, you report it to the authority that has the competence and the ability to investigate it. Meantime, Brittany Higgins has engaged lawyers and is demanding an apology from Defence Minister Linda Reynolds after a report she called the former Liberal staffer a lying cow. The Prime Minister says the remark did not relate to Miss Higgins' sexual assault allegations. Miss Higgins has released a statement saying, quote, that sort of behaviour and language is never excusable and it's further evidence of the toxic workplace culture. Meantime, the Prime Minister has rejected calls for an independent inquiry into historical rape allegations against Attorney General Christian Porter. New South Wales Police have confirmed they spoke to the alleged victim five times last year as part of their investigation, before the woman emailed them in June last year in the days before she took her own life to advise them she did not want to proceed with her complaint. The Attorney General has denied the allegations. Scott Morrison says the rule of law is essential in a democracy. There is not the mob process. There is not the uh, tribe has spoken process. That's not how we run the rule of law in Australia. We run the rule of law based on police, on courts, on judicial systems, on rules of evidence, on presumption of innocence. In breaking news this morning, 250,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine have been blocked from being transported to Australia. It's believed Italy and the European Union stopped the shipment. Meantime, the COVID vaccination program continues to roll out across the country with the first batch of the AstraZeneca jabs, which arrived here on Sunday, to be administered. South Australia will be the first state where they'll be used and we'll hear more from our reporter on the ground in Adelaide in just a moment. A powerful earthquake has hit New Zealand's North Island. Thousands were evacuated when the 7.2 magnitude quake struck about 100 kilometres off the east coast. 
A tsunami warning was initially issued but has now been withdrawn. There have been no reports of any major damage or injuries. And Prince Philip has undergone a successful heart operation for a pre-existing condition. In a statement, the palace says His Royal Highness will remain in hospital for treatment and to recover for a number of days. The 99-year-old was admitted to a London hospital two weeks ago after he felt unwell and was being treated initially for an infection. It comes just days before Harry and Meghan's much-anticipated tell-all interview with Oprah, CBS in the US, dropping this latest teaser. How do you feel about the palace hearing you speak your truth today? I don't know how they could expect that after all of this time, we would still just be silent if there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. And if that comes with risk of losing things, I mean, I've, there's a lot that's been lost already. The interview is set to air next week. Buckingham Palace has also confirmed this week it's investigating claims the Duchess of Sussex bullied royal staff in 2018. Harry and Meghan are accusing the palace of orchestrating a calculated smear campaign. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning and firstly to South Australia. And as we mentioned earlier this morning, the rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine program starts today with the first jab being given to frontline staff in South Australia. Our reporter Sean Maynard has more from Adelaide. Well, of all the places in Australia, few would have picked the sleepy River Murray town of Murray Bridge for such an historic occasion. But this morning, the first doses of the Oxford AstraZeneca jab will find their way uh, into the arms of Australians. They'll be given to about 90 frontline health staff in the regional town. It's about 100 kilometres southeast of Adelaide. 300,000 doses of the vaccine, which arrived in Sydney at the weekend, uh, they've now been batch tested and approved for use. Sharon Harrison from SA Health says the local community uh, feel privileged to have been chosen first. It is very significant. Um, you know, there's a lot of work happening in Metro and we've been so excited to be nominated. Now, the shots will begin just before 8am local time and there are plans already to expand the program to vaccinate workers at other hospitals in the region. 50 million doses will soon be made on our shores in Melbourne. That's a decision increasingly being seen as prudent after Italy blocked 250,000 AstraZeneca vaccines from being shipped down under overnight. A Gold Coast health worker has suffered an adverse reaction to the Pfizer COVID vaccine overnight, the first of its kind in Australia. Our reporter Eleanor Harrison-Dengate has more. A health worker has suffered an anaphylactic reaction after being administered the Pfizer vaccine at Gold Coast University Hospital yesterday. A spokesperson has confirmed the worker had a history of anaphylaxis and recovered quickly from the allergic reaction. Gold Coast Health advise you shouldn't get a COVID-19 vaccine if you've experienced any kind of anaphylaxis after exposure to any ingredient in the inoculation. It's the first case of such a response here in Australia, although two similar incidents occurred in the UK last December when the Pfizer vaccine rolled out there. The US also had six cases of anaphylactic reactions to the jab. Staying in Queensland and health officials are facing another major hotel quarantine challenge with fears a COVID super spreader may have infected a number of people. Our Brisbane reporter Amy Drew has more. 
Yeah, well, it's a race against time for contact tracers, urgently trying to track down eight people who stayed on the eighth floor of Brisbane's Mercure Hotel, but have since left after finishing their mandatory quarantine period. The group were isolating in the same hotel that's linked to a new cluster of Russian variant COVID cases detected in passengers who arrived on a Qatar Airways flight from Doha two weeks ago. At this stage, health officials say they can't even confirm if the eight people are still in Queensland or if they've travelled interstate or even possibly overseas. But despite the concerns, the Chief Health Officer says at this time she doesn't believe there is any risk to the community. And to New South Wales and dozens of Australia's most respected medical experts are petitioning for a pardon for convicted serial killer Kathleen Folbig. Our reporter David Dolan is in Newcastle with more. Well, Tash, the New South Wales Attorney-General Mark Speakman says he'll give appropriate consideration to the new appeal. It's come from a group which includes Nobel Prize winners and Australians of the Year who say there is evidence Kathleen Folbig's children may have died from natural causes and they believe the deaths were not her fault. One of the scientists is Professor Joseph Gex, who's told 10 they discovered the children had a very rare gene defect. There is no other case of a healthy individual with a variant like found in these children, apart from their mother, because their mother also has this genetic predisposition, in the world so far. The Attorney General will make a recommendation to the state governor who has the power to pardon Folbig. For the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. After a very long list of disappointing results, it seems Maya may be heading back into the hands of private equity. Tash, good morning. Yeah, look, bad news and good news, I think, for long-suffering shareholders. Of course, this was a $4.10 float. The shares closed yesterday at less than 30 cents. That's a whacking great loss for long-suffering shareholders. I don't know how many are left from the IPO. There must be a few. I imagine some of them are at least thinking, look, if private equity comes and gives us something more, at least we get a few more cents out of this one. But it would be something of a story, wouldn't it? Listing at $4.10 from private equity, we remember, eventually maybe a different mob, maybe the same guys, end up buying it back for less than 10% of the price they sold it for. That's one of those Kerry Packer, you only get one Alan Bond in your lifetime type deals. <laughs> we all want one of those deals, don't we? Exactly. And, of course, Scott, we saw that incredibly damning results from that Royal Commission into our aged care system. It is crippled by so many problems. But uh, the Treasurer said it's certainly not a problem for taxpayers. At least at the moment, that's the line. It seems like the Treasurer is pretty keen to push that one. Of course, the government in all sorts of trouble on lots of different fronts. So I imagine a new tax is the last thing they want to talk about. Treasurer Frydenberg is saying, somewhat in line with the the, uh, the party or the coalition's ideology, they're looking for growth in the economy to generate more tax revenue to pay for the extra cost of increased tax uh, you know, uh, contribution towards aged care. It's not an unreasonable thought. Of course, there are other demands on the economy as the, it grows anyway, so there's going to be other tax revenue required. But right now, at least, it looks like we're off the hook for that one. Hopefully, the government can find the money, though, to fix what is obviously a terribly, terribly difficult problem. Shouldn't we be putting the spotlight on some of the companies making ridiculous profits from aged care, though? <laughs> you would think so, wouldn't you? That would be, that'd be a decent place to start if you're taking a whole lot of money out. Some of that money returned in, in the form of either increased care or simply a little bit less in the way of profits would probably be part of the solution. I'm sure that's probably yeah, right. Indeed, but the government seems unlikely to want to do it. And also house prices. We've been speaking about this for a couple of weeks. Uh, house prices continuing to soar, especially in the capital cities in Australia. And now the ANZ CEO is concerned about these skyrocketing prices. 
yeah, Tux, this one's not going to go away. I have a feeling we'll be talking about that a little bit more during 2021 as we go through. But ANZ boss Shane Elliott basically saying he's worried about the social implications. He can add himself to the list of those of us who uh, have been talking about this for a while. You and I have certainly been, been discussing it. He's saying, look, he's worried about the implication for society. Now, he doesn't say he's worried about the bank's exposure to high house prices, but you can kind of assume if prices are too high, the bank itself is also probably a little bit concerned. Yes, it's part of the problem. It worried that it might get caught up in that as well, though, and maybe have some bad debts to pay if it, things do get out of control and it does become more of a social and then a financial problem as a result. Yeah, the low rates cannot last forever. Scott, happy Friday. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. The Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The AFL is back and there are some promising signs we won't see as many low-scoring games this year. Yes, good morning, Tash. It was a shootout at Marvel Stadium last night between the Saints and the Blues. Now, the Blues are normally a very low-scoring team, but we had 22 goals coming in the first half alone. The new man on the mark rule seems to be having an impact. That was paid in the first few minutes of the game. In fact, there was a lot going on in the first few minutes of the game. Zach Williams bumping Hunter Clark seconds after the opening bounce. Hunter Clark got up and played on, but uh, we know in terms of protecting the head that Zach Williams could be in a little bit of trouble now in some doubt for round one. The man on the mark rule the Saints were able to exploit as well, so not just um, worried about giving away free kicks, but actually using it to your advantage. Brad Hill getting a goal um, from uh, Jack Billings' free kick. Let's hear from the Saints coach, uh, Brett Ratton. He believes the AFL would be pretty happy with how uh, last night's game was played. I think it showed that the game is quicker with the man on the mark rule. Uh, Teams are looking for it, and the flow in the game you know, and the rotations are limited. Now, a heap of injuries last night. James Frawley, the Saints recruit, hurting his hamstring in serious doubt now for round one. Some injuries for the Blues as well. Harry Mackay, Jacob Weedering, and Jack Nunes uh, hobbling off. They failed to finish the match. And uh, David Teague spoke about that incident with Zach Williams as well. I've loved having him at our footy club. I really hope he's available. I thought what he did today, particularly uh, when we needed someone to stand up around the contest and be tough, I thought his ability to win the ball and, and use it and get the ball going our way was very good. So, a lot to talk about out of that uh, that first game of the preseason series, Tash. Great start to the season. And now to the NRL. It's officially launched its season on Sydney Harbour. What was the theme this year? The theme this year is Defy Impossible. This is a nod to being the first major code to resume playing during the pandemic last year. Everyone laughed at Peter Volandis when he said they could come back in late May. They were able to do that. They're not laughing now, although he, we might have a little chuckle about uh, his surprise contender to win the premiership. He's putting it all on the line. Let's have a listen. Yeah, well, I think the, the Smoky might be the Tigers. I think their back line is as good as I've seen with brilliance, and so I, I, they'll probably win more than they lose. That was on Channel 9 last night. So the Tigers are his Smoky. We know all the drama that's been happening uh, out at uh, the Tigers under Michael Maguire, all the change that they've gone through. Benji Marshall's left, of course. He's off to South Sydney, but uh, the ARL Commission chairman thinks that uh, they've got the goods this year. And gosh, is he ready for another comeback at the Broncos? More details about Israel Folau, Brett. Yeah, Alex Glenn is the captain of the Broncos. He says that he would love to play alongside Israel Folau in Broncos colours this season. Alex, of course, at Sydney Harbour for that season launch that we just spoke about. He believes he could still be a force in rugby league. Now, uh, Folau is currently living in Brisbane, but the club hasn't formally made an offer to him. You'd say it would be unlikely given all the the off-field dramas the Broncos have gone through. Kevy Walters, when he took over as coach, says there's no behavioural issues uh, at the Broncos at the moment. And then we learn 
return overnight that Tessie knew one of their young guns played six games last year. Really promising talent will face court today on a driving offence. He was driving without a licence. He had too many uh, demerit points. So, And, and the issues with Payne Haas and Tavita Pangai, uh, I, I'd say that that doesn't pass the pub test. So Alex Glenn may want to play alongside Israel Folau, but I don't think that wish will be granted this season. We'll have to wait and see, though, Tash. It's never boring, is it? Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Friday morning. Brisbane, mostly sunny, top of 31. Partly cloudy and 24 today for Sydney. Very cool day on the way today for Melbourne, cloudy and 18. Sunny and 27 for Canberra. Possible light shower and windy conditions for Hobart, top of 16. Adelaide, partly cloudy and 26. 26 degrees also on the way for Perth. Partly cloudy and a top of 33 for Darwin. And as we're heading into the beautiful weekend, how's this for a boat shed for your tinny? The country's most expensive private boat shed is on the market in Sydney with a price guide of up to, wait for it, $40 million. Located in the very exclusive Sydney suburb of Point Piper, the two-storey shed is tipped to set a new record with its price guide. There's no house on the site, but there is a harbour front swimming pool and it has four berths for all your boats, as you do. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday. Listener.